Welcome to the Rise Up Live Free podcast, where we're going to be giving you the exact blueprint to reach financial freedom in 10 years or less, regardless of your age, your income, or your experience. You see, we believe that 97% of traditional financial advice is dangerous, misleading, or outright wrong. And we're here to empower you on how you can use money and cash flow as a tool to create, build, and live a life you love now rather than having to wait until you're 65. If you're ready to take immediate action, join us over at cashflowtactics.com forward slash podcast. What is going on, Cashflow Tactics? We are excited to be here. I'm on the microphone, Jimmy. It feels like it's been close to an eternity, but I'm on the microphone with my man, Jimmy Vreeland today. You want to say what's up to everybody? We always come together when we're going to talk about our favorite subject, which is freedom. Heck yeah. You know what, guys, if you're listening to this podcast right now, this is coming out at or around um, the 4th of July, which is, in my opinion, one of the most important and greatest holidays in American history and really the world history. And the reason for that is today we live in the most abundant time, in the most abundant country ever in the history of mankind, in the history of the world. Now, are there problems? Absolutely. But what family, what organization exists without problems, right? Problems are part of the equation. And today, what we want to talk about is our obligation to be the solution to those problems. In fact, the title of this podcast, Jimmy, is our personal sovereignty is a precondition to the freedom that we want to enjoy. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. But me being a meathead, Ryan, when you said personal sovereignty, like, I have a sense of what that word means, but I went to my handy dandy internet and I Googled the word sovereignty. So the Webster's dictionary definition of authority is supreme power of authority. So you're saying personal supreme power and authority is what actually gives you freedom. Absolutely. hundred percent. Because look, let's break that down a little bit and let's break that down with what freedom, like what is the precondition to our personal sovereignty, our supreme authority? It is our ability to choose in between the stimulus of whatever the world's going to throw at us and our response lies a space. And in that space is where our personal freedom exists. And it's our personal freedom to choose. And I think today, um, oh, I, don't, know, I don't mean to cut you off, but so you're talking Victor Frankel. You're talking Frankl. man's search for meeting. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, we've talked about Vic- everybody, lots of people on lots of podcasts talk about Victor Frankel. But Victor mm-hmm. Frankel was a Holocaust survivor. And what he recognized, he was a psychologist. And what he recognized was the people who survived the concentration camps had a sense of meaning in their life. And that all the people in those camps were getting the same stimulus response. But there was a difference between... Those who survived have what Ryan talked about. There was a space between a response and then what's the, what's the, there's a response, Ryan. And then what is there? The stimulus, whatever, whatever happens to us, whatever is going on in the world around us, that's the stimulus. And then it's our response and the assigned meaning that we put onto that stimulus and our reaction to it, our choice. That's where our freedom exists. And I think. And and your argument is that is a hundred percent controlled by the individual. That is the that is the last and only uh, great human freedom. It can never. That's what Viktor Frankl argued. It was the one thing that could not be taken from him in the midst of the concentration camp when everything, including his his humanity, was stripped from him. The thing that they could never take away was his personal sovereignty, and that led to the greatness that Viktor Frankl was then and ultimately became because of his perception of the reality that he lived in. And that's 
you know, you've got kids, I've got kids. I think a lot of the people that, that listen to this podcast have children. We're a family oriented uh, uh, show here. And, you know, I'm talking to my kids about 4th of July, and we're talking about this idea of what it means to be free. And too often time, I think we as Americans, we confuse the 4th of July with fireworks and hot dogs, and we forget the real meaning behind what 4th of July actually represents. So first and foremost, Jimmy, I'm going to take my hat off to you. You're one of the brave men and women throughout the history uh, of our country that have stood and done something about that freedom through your service in the military. So to any of our military people out there, we want to say thank you, right? I mean, the freedom that we enjoy today, there are, believe it or not, Jimmy, there are bad people in this world. And those bad people want bad things for other people. And there has to be someone that's willing to stand up and to stand between the people and those bad people and defend that freedom, defend our our way of life. And um, I'm grateful for that first and foremost. And then Ryan, there's a C.S. Lewis quote coming to my mind. So yeah, C.S. Lewis after World War II, uh, and everybody knows who C.S. Lewis was, right? Yeah. So he was a Christian apologist. He was a British guy. And of course, he ran in circles where there was pacifists, right? Mm -hmm. And he makes a phenomenal point that, look, the only reason you have the option of considering yourself a pacifist and not dealing with the consequences of pacifism is because brave men stood in between you and those who are not pacifists. Yeah. So if you're, if you're a pacifist, if you don't like America, if you don't like the founding fathers, if you don't like all this stuff at a minimum, you still have to say, have a sense of gratitude that millions of people have sacrificed everything for everything you don't like. 100%, 100%, man. And, and I all think, the freedoms for you to complain that you enjoy, you still have to have a sense of gratitude. For sure. And I think that comes down to this idea of perspective. In fact, I, I, we, we've broken this podcast down. You know, there's a lot of different things that we could talk about in this, in this context of freedom. We're going to say that freedom, the freedom to disagree, the freedom of free speech, the freedom to exercise your human rights, whatever freedom you want to envision in your mind, we're going to say that the prerequisition to that freedom is your personal sovereignty. And here's the reality. Um, I'm going to give you an example, Jimmy. Um, you know, Growing up, I didn't travel that much with my family. Like when we did travel, we had a little pop-up tent trailer and we'd pull that thing around and we'd travel basically within, you know, a couple hundred miles of where we lived as far as we could pull the trailer and pop it up, right? That was what we did. And, you know, I remember when I when I graduated college and got married and, you know, my wife and I decided to try to start building a life, we wanted to travel a little bit more. So we started branching out and going to a few different states, but I never had the desire to go outside of the United States. It's just, you know, if I had an opportunity, I'd rather go to Cancun uh, or I guess Cancun's outside the United States, but I'd rather go to somewhere with a beach or something like that. That was kind of my objective of traveling. And I remember probably about four years ago, three, four years ago, it was right when we started Cashflow Tactics. My wife, she's like, Ryan, let's go to Europe. And it just wasn't that appealing or interesting to me, but we decided to go to France. That was, that was where we decided to go. And I wasn't that interested in it leading up to it. Um, but we, my wife and I, we decided, I can't remember who it was, but we listened to this, this guy, he had a course on the history of France and the things that we would be seeing and experiencing when we were there. And in that history lesson, it was this podcast, you know, several series that we listened to, there was this concept among the, the French elites, I guess you might say the French, like the, the upper class, the people who 
built the infrastructure of one of the greatest empires in the history of our world. Because in the 1800s, the French empire was the leading dominant empire in the world. And they had this concept, this way of thinking, and it was noblesse oblige. And I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, but it was noblesse oblige. And they were guided by this concept in the beginning that allowed them to build this magnificent empire. And noblesse oblige directly translates into nobility obliges, or it's a noble obligation. And the way I like to think about that is when we have means, when we have personal freedom, when we act and think and function as a producer, we have a noble obligation here on this world to maximize our personal success. And that personal success has many different facets that blesses other people's lives. And in the beginning, as the French Empire embraced this idea of noblesse oblige, they built an expanding, amazing empire. But when people got selfish and they got narrow-minded and narrow-viewed on how little they had and that it was all theirs and they, you know, no one else could share or participate in it, that's when the French Empire started to decline. And I, I like to kind of equate this to the movie Spider-Man. And Spider-Man, when Spider, when Peter Parker gets bit by the spider. You know, his uncle, Uncle Ben, says, with great power crumbs great responsibility. And I think that's the perfect segue when I think about this idea of we have a great opportunity. We have the most amazing opportunity as human beings with personal freedom in the history of this world. I mean, Jimmy, we are blessed with every opportunity in this country, freedom, technology, tools, uh, connections, the ability to travel. I mean, so many different opportunities are in front of us. But in order to build and live a life that we all would feel successful within, what many people overlook and disregard is their personal sovereignty, their personal responsibility to live in a way and to maximize their freedom and their ability to choose to get the outcome of fulfilled life that they're looking for. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. They think their rights are just handed to them. And can I... Can I... I had a, a podcast listener reach out to me. He's like, I love it when you say, hey, can I tell a story? So but can, I, can I tell us? Can tell I, that story. All right, Ryan, can we, can we do in like a little bit of the history of philosophy? Yes. All right, you got Thomas Hobbes and John Locke. Now, Thomas Hobbes would said you were born in life is short or brute and something, something, and that you're born into this brute form of human nature where everything is brutal, mm -hmm. right? Now, John Locke had the opposite view of that saying, you're born with inherent rights and that every, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Thomas Jefferson got that from John Locke, right? And I believe in reality, it's a little bit of both. But since you live in a civilized structure, you are able to exercise your God-given rights, mm -hmm. your rights as a human being. But dude, in the state of nature, in 90% of this world, guess, I if we weren't podcasting, I'd use much cruder language but no one cares about your individual rights and it is laughed at. And so only in certain political structures, does anyone even acknowledge your rights? Yeah. And that's what makes the United States. I mean, I think it's a delicate balance, but that's what makes the United States so, so special is those personal inalienable rights were recognized codified and agreed on mutually through the constitution and the declaration of independence. And I think that's like, that then, is such yeah, a powerful reason. And then, you know, libertarians, I would consider myself pretty libertarian, but they annoy me. It's like, you don't get born into this state of nature. Like you have to create a big enough state to protect you. Yeah. And what I love about the American experiment, it's been this dance between a small enough government that you still have autonomy and a big enough government that you can say, beat the Russians, beat the Nazis, 
beat Imperial Japan, beat the British, yep. you know, defeat slavery. Like yep. you needed to have some size and some mass to protect those freedoms. And yeah, you had to give up a little bit of personal autonomy to do all that. It is a beautiful dance. Let, let's break that dance on a governmental level, on a country level, down into the individual, because it is the same dance in our individual lives. Because, you know, going back to that idea of Tom, uh, of, of John Locke and Thomas Jefferson, give me liberty or give me death. That's what this country was founded on. Give that was me actually, liberty. I don't mean to cut you off. That was actually Patrick Henry. Oh, Patrick Henry. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I no, have an no, extraneous amount of knowledge about the founding period. You do, and that's perfect because give me liberty or give me death. But today, I really believe that that Americans today, and I'm going to throw a blanket statement, but to, today we as as Americans, we are too complacent, and we've shortened that give me liberty or give me death, something that I'm willing to give my life for, to just give me. Right, we feel like we, America, the great country that has been bled for and sacrificed for throughout the centuries, now owes us as individuals today something, and that is untrue. You have to work for the freedom that you desire, and you have to preserve the freedom that you desire. So we've broken this down into four basic principles. There's lots of different principles, my friends, on how you can maximize your personal, uh, you know, personal stewardship and really your personal sovereignty. But I believe, you know, one of the mentors I like to follow, Andy Vrasilla, he talks about this idea all the time that success is your obligation. I really believe Jimmy, you and I, and every single person listening to this podcast has something unique to give to the world. Jimmy, if you didn't rise to your potential or continually rise to your potential, the people that you serve, the solutions that you provide, the father that you are, the husband that you are, think about the ripple effect and the impact of your life. Like if you didn't rise to that opportunity and maximize and fulfill your potential, then the blessings that only you can provide would go unfulfilled for other people's lives. And so our success, your success, everyone listening to this podcast, your success is your responsibility. And in order to have that success that you want, you have to exercise your personal sovereignty. So let's break this down into four different topics. Okay, so number one, I believe step number one or topic number one is freedom requires stewardship. And Jimmy, this is probably one of our hardest things inside of the the. I hate this world. about freedom. I hate it. Yeah. I mean, because look, Jimmy, when you and I started Cashflow Tactics, we joke about it. But like, what was the thing you said when we got into the room? Like, what did you just want? I just want to be rich. And what did it require? Work. So a lot work. of dang work, right? And so my question for you guys listening to this podcast is what is your real work ethic? Like what is your real work ethic? And only you can answer that. I think Americans today, oftentimes we've lost, like, man, life has become so easy. We don't have to hunt for our food. We don't have to grow our food. We don't have to find wood for a fire to keep us warm. Like we can flip a switch and, you know, put, tap a button on our phone. I don't even shop for my groceries, Ryan. Yeah. So Jimmy, how do we, how do we define, how do we maximize and how do we build a work ethic? What is your thought on that? I just have this, I just have this thought of my parents, like whenever I want to quit, I just remember them when I was a kid, they're like, you can be whatever you want to be, but you got to work. Yeah. And, you know, my mom was like, I had a perfect parents because I had very hard and very soft. And my mom was like, you're special. You can do it. And my dad would just be like, don't you dare quit. Don't you even think about quitting? Like, and so it's the question is, how do you develop the work ethic? Is like you want something, you give a God given gift to go get it. And then you just don't quit and you get punched in the face and you get back up. Okay. I think you just hit the nail on the head because I agree with you. And I, I think 
very few people have the ability to connect the dots the way you just did. Okay. So number one, Jimmy, what you just said is you have to have a clear vision of what you want, right? That's a diff, like, that sounds like such a simple thing. Like, Jimmy, what do you want? Right. That sounds like such a simple thing, but Jimmy, you and I have asked that question to literally thousands of people over the last several years. How many of them, if you just took a guess of the percentage, how many of those people on cue could say what they wanted? 15. Man, I would say it's less than that. I would say it's less than 5%, maybe 15 yeah. to five, somewhere in that neighborhood. Very few people have an idea of what they want. And if you don't know what you want, because here's the, here's the key to this. And I'm going to give you an analogy. You get, you talked about your parents just a couple of days ago, we were talking to my kids. Okay. And we were talking about this idea of health and well-being. because my daughter, she says she loves lacrosse, but she is unwilling to exercise and to eat. And so she runs out of steam, you know, very early in the lacrosse game. And she has to get benched because she doesn't have enough fortitude and energy to persist through the game. And so we talked about this idea of what is your nutrition? If what you say you want is you want to be a good lacrosse player, what disciplines do you have that will lead to that outcome? Like, let's look at that. And, you know, we looked at her nutrition as she was eating crackers and cookies and you know, whatever, all the crap, you know, and we talked about this idea of eating a brownie versus eating broccoli. Like if you want to be a good lacrosse player and you want to be able to, to sustain your energy levels throughout the game, do you think eating a brownie or eating a, a, a thing of broccoli is going to give you that outcome? Now, a brownie in the moment will give you an immediate dopamine rush. It'll give you immediate sense of satisfaction, but it will distract you from the very thing that you want and you'll never get it because you're unwilling to sacrifice and have a sense of discipline to eat the broccoli, have the sustained energy to perform in your game. Does that make sense? Absolutely. But so it, Jimmy, I think you're your probably boy, one of the best. It's Jocko. It's yeah. when discipline, there's freedom. In discipline, there's freedom. And Jimmy, you're probably one of the best. Like you have, like right now, if we shared our screen, you could pull up all of the things that you want this year, what you want your life to look like in 10 years. I mean, you've built this list. You now know what you want. How do you connect the dots between what you want and your daily actions? It's just every, you know, so yeah, I actually got it right here. You know, this is all of our corporate and personal three, five, 10, 25 year plans. And I just break it down. Like I see the big vision and then I break it down into daily action steps. And then there's always like that alarm clock goes off. There's like, uh, like, I'm like a kid at Christmas. It's like, what can I get done today? And it's like, there's an interior built-in clock that, hey, I got X amount of time to get this stuff done. Guys, that's such a powerful thing right there. And that that goes across the board. I mean, if you want to enjoy being, you know, all the activities of being physically fit, you have to do the, the disciplines required to be physically fit and go out and hike or ride your bike or, you know, roll around with your kids, whatever that is. It, it saddens me so much when I see people talk about what they want, but they're unwilling or even unknowingly taking the steps that are leading them away from what they want every single day. You have to build a discipline. And the only way you build a discipline is you have to have meaning purpose in that discipline because it's not fun to eat broccoli, but when you know that broccoli leads you to being, you know, being a successful lacrosse player, then you can connect the dots between the actions that you take today and the outcomes that you have tomorrow. Because my friends, success is not an outcome. We want to look at the successful people. We want to look at, you know, Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant or uh, Donald Trump or whoever we put up on a pedestal to say is successful. Like, you know, uh, Cuban, Tes what's the Tesla dude uh, that everyone's uh, talking Musk. about? Yeah, Musk. Like, we yeah. want to look at that guy and say, hey, he's successful. He must have just got really lucky. He must have just built 
magically, you know, PayPal and sold it for a billion dollars. And now he's successful. But what we fail to recognize and understand is the disciplined pursuit of the successful outcome. Every single day, those disciplined actions lead to the outcome of success. Can I, can I tell you a, can I tell a story, Ryan? It might be a tangent. It might be relevant to this podcast and it might not, but I'm smiling because yeah. Susie and I had this argument maybe a month ago. Like, she's like, you're very regimented. Cause like, if I don't get my routine in, like I'm a little OCD. Yeah. But my theory is that the reason I can be creative and build businesses and create things is because they were disciplined. There's freedom. And then Susie's like, and Susie hates that stuff. She doesn't like the, she hates regimentation, but I'm like, the reason I can be creative is because I'm so regimented. She disagreed. I took it as a personal insult that she doesn't think I'm creative or spontaneous, but I, that's my theory is like, you need the discipline to be creative. I, Susie, I'm sorry. I, I agree. <laughs> Susie and Beth could argue about like they could talk, they could get in their room and talk about it. And then we could get in our room and talk about yeah. it. But look, here's the reality. When you know what you want, like now you have, now you have the freedom. Like I, I really believe for most people, because they're unwilling to define what they want, they just let life happen to them, right? It's good. It's bad. Whatever it is, life is just happening. And you just kind of go with the flow. That's kind of the the common theme today is everything, you know, you're okay. Everything's okay. You know, you're, you've got inherent worth and value, no matter how undisciplined or disciplined. Oh you're my God, Brian, is. I'd be disappointed if I thought I was okay. Like if this, yeah. you mean, this is it, this is all I could be like, I'm okay. If this, that would be so crushed. If you're like, Jimmy, you know, you're, you're okay, dude, this is all you can do. A hundred percent. And so it's that like, clarity around what you want, that then gives you the freedom per, to pursue it. And now you, you have a vision, a purpose-driven vision-based life. And I think that's really the high achievers, the ones who live these seemingly extraordinary lives. All they've done is they've clarified in their mind and in their heart what they want. And they've built the discipline necessary to get it because it does require your work. It's going to require your personal stewardship to make it happen. So that's number one. Do we, do we do a good enough job on that one, Jim? Jimmy, that freedom requires stewardship? I think we hammered it, yeah. Okay, so number two. Number two, in pursuit of this idea of personal sovereignty, um, this is one that I think is critically important, but it's one that gets, you know, it's too fuzzy for too many people. So the second one is, are you maximizing your potential, right? If success is your obligation, what are you doing about it? I think too oftentimes, you know, we were talking to my kids about this yesterday, man, I think all the lessons come from, hey, trying to help my kids see a different perspective on life. But there's this book, and I can't remember, I think it's the five regrets of the dying. It's written by someone named Bonnie something. And she worked in a nursing home for, you know, her entire career. And she talked to all the people as they were, tell, you know, getting to the tail end of their life. And she asked them, what were you grateful for? Like, what was good about your life? And, you know, what do you regret? And more, like, every single time she broke it down into five different things. But the, the biggest pain that people had at the tail end of their life was not what they did. It was the things they didn't do. It was the regrets that they left on the table of unfulfilled adventures, unfulfilled potential, unfulfilled relationships, things that they didn't do that they let the good or just the average stuff get in the way of the great. And I think that's really the key here is look, we live in like that, that the abundance that we live in today, Jimmy is so beneficial and it's such a blessing, but it traps a lot of us. It traps a lot of us in this idea of complacency and good enough. And so in order to maximize your potential, you have to 
despise good in order to achieve great. What, what are your thoughts on that? No, I, I agree with that completely. And it's, uh, I would say maximizing your potential. It's, I know you're going to get into it another principle, but it's like, it's a duty. Like God's gift to you is your life. Your gift back to him is what you do with those talents. I tell my kids that all like, so Bubba, he's my oldest boy. He's big like me. Right. And so being big is cool, but it comes with its issues. Like, you know, if he body slams a kid, he's, you know, if he body slams his little brother, it's going to hurt. And then he has the ability to do it. And I'm like, dude, God made you big so you can protect people who are smaller than you. Mm. And it's like, so you have to discipline that create or that aggressive instinct. And like, that's why I love that he does jujitsu. I love that. So if he... You know, if he gets into a scrap, he'll know how to handle himself, but he's not going to use that gift to bully people. I love that. I mean, let's let's kind of break that apart a little bit, because I think that inherently underneath that, that is the secret to this principle. I really believe that the quality of our life is 100% correlated with the focus of our life. The quality of your life is 100% correlated with the focus of your life. If you don't have a major definite aim or a focus that's driving your life, your the quality of your life is going to be sub subpar. You're going to feel a sense of regret, a sense of not being fulfilled. And your purpose, and here's this is what you just said to Bubba, your purpose is always bigger than you. You have to have a focus and a purpose of your life that is bigger than you. That will force you outside of your shell because here's the reality of achieving your potential. Jimmy, Ugh. it is achieving your potential. Is it easy? Like, do you just wake up and like, Oh, I have a gift for this. And now your life is just free flowing easy. Some people, maybe I have not experienced that. <laughs> I've not experienced anything like that. The second I decided to pursue my purpose, my life got more challenging and more difficult than it ever had before. I had to face greater fears. I had to acknowledge my limitations. I had to realize and understand that the dreams that I've been given are bigger than I can accomplish by myself. And by default, I have to humble myself to look at the face of my uh, at the, in the face of my my shortcomings and shortfalls and acknowledge them and do something about it. And here's the thing I think that holds most people back from this big idea of a purpose. They are afraid of failure. Like they're afraid of failure. And so they're unwilling to put themselves out there, put themselves on the line because everything we've been trained, taught and educated to do throughout our school system is we're taught that failure is bad. But in reality, those who accomplish big things, they look at failure as a stepping stone. Like Thomas Edison, I don't have the exact quote, but he failed a thousand times trying to invent the light bulb and every failure was a step closer to getting the light bulb invented. You have to look at failure as feedback from the world around you. That's how we get better. And that's how our potential and, and that success that we're chasing down, that's how we find it. Like you have to be okay with failure. And that flies counterintuitive to everything we've been trained, taught and educated to do in the school system. Yeah. And that's a dangerous loop. Like confidence is a muscle. And like, if you won't dream big, cause you're afraid of failing and then you fail a little bit, you're like, if I'm failing on just this little bit, I definitely can't dream big. But yeah. if you push through the failure and can, you know, the Ray Dalio loop, if you keep pushing your confidence grows and uh, I've experienced that you can then take bigger punches in the face and know you could get back up. Like I didn't feel like I was a baller till I was able to lose 30 grand on a deal and be like, Oh, still here. hundred percent. You know, and I first when you first started 30 grand on a deal, you would have been destroyed. Crushed, devastated. Yeah. I would have, I would have knocked me out of the game. 
Yeah. But so it would have taught me a lesson that would have caused me to become more resourceful. I don't want to say it would have knocked me out of the game, but I didn't have $30,000 when I started. So I would have had to get super creative and resourceful to solve that problem. Or you could have just quit. Or I could have quit 100%. Yep. So I love so, that. I love principle too. I love that too. And so here's, here's the last thing I want to say on that. I think too oftentimes in this idea of fear of failure and chasing down our personal potential, um, I think too many people think that when they find that thing, their purpose, that their problems go away. I didn't, <laughs> guys, here's the reality. And we talk about this all the time in Cashflow Tactics. Jimmy, you and I, we, I think we have this sense of a moral obligation to try to tell everyone the truth on the front end. But if we told people the truth on the front end, no one would ever buy from us because we say financial freedom in 10 years or less. And then we leave it at that and we give them all the pathways and the formulas and the strategies to get that outcome. But as soon as someone gets into our game, what do we then tell them? It's just going to suck. It's going to be really freaking hard. <laughs> right. You can do it. We've done it, but it's going to be really freaking hard. And here's the reality. Your problems don't go away. Your problems, as you, as you decide to rise up, as you decide to maximize your potential, your capacity to deal with and solve bigger problems gets bigger. Now, when you, when you drop this idea that your problems are going to go away, you can look at the journey and take it for what it is because the journey is literally that. It's the hero's journey of cycling through call to adventure, going to the abyss and coming out of that abyss, becoming someone new. And you have to go through that journey repeatedly. Your problems never go away. You just become stronger to handle and deal with and thrive through bigger and bigger problems. So my friends, as you're listening to this, don't think that when you find your purpose, that when you join Cashflow Tactics, that your problems are going to go away. You're just going to have more fortitude and more perspective when you're facing those problems. Because either way, you're going to have a problem. The, the problem is pain of regret or pain of accomplishment, right? You get to choose the pain that you want to face. I love it. I love the pain option. It's okay. going to hurt either way though. It's going to hurt either way. Okay, so the third one, Jimmy, and because we talk about money so much, I think sometimes when we get warmed up and we start talking about money, we, we equate and link success to money. And I think that's a very powerful tool because money is something that buys our life back. It buys our time back. But below the surface, when we ask people what they want and they really get vulnerable and clear with themselves and with us, no one ever wants money, right? The third thing that they want, this is the idea of the five currencies. Are you investing in the five currencies every single day? So Jimmy, for us, the five currencies are how you trade and use your time in pursuit of a meaningful life. And if we took away all the money, right? Look, the reality of it is we all want meaning and purpose inside of our spiritual life, our physical life, our mental life, and our emotional life. And too oftentimes we let money, the fifth currency, overshadow those other four. And we tell ourselves when we have enough money, then we'll come back and figure out our personal lives, our physical life, our spiritual life, our mental life, and our emotional life. But Jimmy, we help people balance those two out by setting clear targets of financially, what do they want to accomplish? And in their life, what do they want to accomplish? How has having the five currencies balanced in your life, how has that helped you live a free life and maximize your potential, not one day, but right now? I mean, I, you and me were both in the beginning, the stereotypical, you know, looking under the couch for pennies, saving every dollar, saying, I can't enjoy lifestyle. I've hit a certain target, all that stuff. And for me, just balancing it, it's, uh, you know, and I still struggle with this, but it's you either work to live or live to work. Mm. And I, you know, I love working. I love the business, but it's, if it crosses over, I live to work. Like it's like Susie's the best for that. She's like, you're doing it again. And then I just stop. And 
and I, you know, you and me always have to be playing games and I always have to be measuring progress. So now that I have, cause there's just some months and some quarters where you're not going to have a great financial quarter. Right. Yeah. But the fact that I can say, Hey, emotionally, I've grown here spiritually. I've grown here physically. I've grown here. It keeps you, you know, Dan Sullivan got gap in the gain. It can't constantly keeps you in the game. And then since I've decoupled and I still struggle with, but to decouple my personal success and fulfillment from my business success, I am a much happier person and a much more productive business person. Love that, man. So secret number three, strategy number three in this, in this pursuit of personal sovereignty is, are you going all in on the game of life? Like my friends, your freedom requires you to play. We get one game. We get one life. We get one opportunity to play this life. Are you playing full out? Are you leaving everything on the playing field or are you playing not to lose? Because if you're playing not to lose, you, you're playing the game already losing, right? You're, you cannot get through this life without facing risk, without facing challenges, without facing heartache and, and, and challenges. If you're trying your best to avoid those, you are letting life beat you from the very beginning. Are you leaving it all on the field? Are you building and living a life that matters? Not one day when you have enough money, but right now. That's secret number three. Jimmy, secret number four, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe it's talked about more often than I than I hear, um, but I think this is the, the forgotten secret that very few people are willing to acknowledge. And going back to where we started this, this uh, podcast, we live in the greatest country, sacrificed by some of the bravest men and women throughout the history of this world. And if success is our obligation, then the only way that we find meaning in this life and the only way we find abundance in this life is if, if we shift our perspective. And so secret number four is living with a sense of gratitude. Um, today, I feel like too oftentimes because we live in so much abundance, we just expect that abundance to be ours. And when we don't get what our expectations were, we kick, we scream, we yell, and we throw adult temper tantrums. And I think that's what's going on in the world right now. It's just a bunch of adults over lots of different reasons looking beyond the mark of the gratitude that they have and throwing adult temper tantrums. Now, I'll be honest, I'm just as guilty of that as other people. I throw my share of adult temper tantrums. But every time I slow down and I stop, it's it's I've lost a sense of perspective of what I'm grateful for. Now, Jimmy, you have an amazing discipline and habit of writing down your gratitude. So how many how many days are you up to now? Uh, I think I'm up to 445. I'm something I think I'm in. I just started in the 1300s of written down gratefuls. 1300 written down gratefuls. Jimmy, as you reflect back over the last several years that you've been building this habit and this discipline to recognize, acknowledge, and document what you're grateful for, how have you seen this shape and change your perspective on life? I stay, I stay out of the gap so much more. And, you know, it's just with 1300 gratefuls, it's hard to really whine. And it's hard to really, you know, it's hard to complain. <laughs> My friends, that is the secret to life right there. Like when you, your perception determines your reality. It, it literally does. Like two people can look at the exact same situation that's going on in life and have completely different outcomes, completely different paradigms and perspectives of what they just saw. Your perspective will determine your reality and ultimately the quality of your life. If you are not living with a sense of abundance and gratitude, build that discipline today. 
Like, Jimmy, as you do that, how could you not be grateful for? I mean, just look around you right now. Listen, I mean, you're listening to Jimmy and I, wherever you're at in this country on headphones that, I mean, uh, two, uh, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, couldn't even be fathomed. Like today we have the most abundant opportunities, the most abundant ability to stay healthy, to live free, to travel, to move, to love, to learn, to grow and to develop than any human prior to us. My friends, acknowledge that gratitude. And when you build that muscle of abundance, I promise you, as you see the world through more abundance, more abundance will come your way. If you see the world through lack and scarcity, then you will reinforce that belief and you will reinforce that reality in your life. The way to start to shift from scarcity to abundance is to start to acknowledge and recognize on a daily basis, as many times and as oftentimes as you can, all of the little things, the seemingly in, inimportant, inconsequential things that you're grateful for, because those are the things that really matter. So, Jimmy, I love it, Ryan. Those are the four. Those are the four principles that I came up with. Let's bring this home, man. What's how does person personal sovereignty? Why is that the precondition of freedom? And what can our listeners of the Rise Up Live Free podcast? What can they do to live with more freedom today? I think I want to end this podcast with Save It Private Ryan. You remember at the end when Tom Hanks gets shot yeah. and Matt Damon, Private Ryan, is, you know, like looking at him and all he does is turn over to him and he just says, earn this. Mm. And I, I watched that movie like the day after I got out of basic training and that always drove me. Mm. It's like, earn this. There's been so many people who have given up so much. I mean, just my parents, what they've sacrificed for me so that. I can have the life I have. It's like every day, wake up and earn all the blessings, all the gifts that you've been giving and be grateful for it. Do be grateful for it just because it's fun. Mm. Jimmy, I love it. That's where we're going to end this today. My friends, wherever you're at, enjoy your freedom, live a, an abundant life and earn it. I love it, Ryan. So Bye. if they want to get involved in casual tactics, where should they go? I have kind of lost touch of all the places they should go. I would say right, just listen I'll to this podcast. <laughs> Ryan is becoming a TikTok celebrity. So Ooh. check out Cashflow Tactics on TikTok. Check out Cashflow Tactics on Instagram. Check out Cashflow Tactics on the Facebook. And yeah. if you can do uh, TikTok dances as well as Ryan, we'll give you a free t-shirt. My man. I love it, dude. All right, guys. Enjoy your freedom. Enjoy 4th of July. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to the Rise Up Live Free podcast. Do you want to connect with me and other empire builders who are on a mission to take control of their financial plans and become financially free in 10 years or less? Well, then join us in our private Facebook group where we get to go deeper into the topics of financial freedom. And it's the only place you can see the actual results of people on their path to financial freedom, learn what's working, and interact as a community dedicated to becoming financially free. When you join, you'll get immediate access to exclusive training in a private membership area. This training will empower you in your path to becoming financially free and it will fast track your results. This is the only place you get access to this exclusive content. So be sure to join us in the Facebook group now. Just go to cashflowtactics.com forward slash group or head over to Facebook and search Cashflow Tactics to join. I look forward to you joining us next time on the Rise Up Live Free podcast.